0: Welcome to the Learn to License Your Photos podcast, the show where we teach you how to license your photos so you can earn additional revenue for your photography business. Today, for the very first time ever, I'm going to publicly tell the full story, start to finish, of the time my family and I were on an airplane that caught on fire while we were taking off, and how I was able to license a video clip of that whole ordeal, which made me more than $6,000. Now, I told parts of this story in my course, and I told other parts of the story in my presentation at the 2020 PFRE virtual conference, but I've never shared the entire thing until now. All right, let's talk about the time my plane caught on fire. It was November 21st, 2019. My family and I were going on vacation to Bali. So this is a little island in Indonesia. It's a place that my wife and I fell in love with many years ago. And this was uh, probably the third time that we were going there uh, as a family, and the second time that we were bringing my daughter. So at the time, my daughter was two and a half years old. And up until this point, all the flights she had taken, my daughter that is, she was too young to kind of understand the concept of flying. But now she was two and a half, and she was at the point where leading up to the flight, you know, we would point to planes in the sky and tell her about, you know, that's an airplane, we're gonna fly, we're gonna go to Bali. Um, And so, you know, leading up to this whole thing, we kind of kept prepping her to the fact that we were going to be flying. Uh, and so being that this was the first time that she was going to fully understand that we're in a plane and we're in the air and we're getting higher, I wanted to record her and record her reaction to going up in the air because I thought, oh, two and a half year old, I'm sure she's going to be completely mesmerized of going up in the air and seeing the sky and seeing the buildings and all this stuff. And it would be really cool to watch her reaction. So As the plane uh, started to kind of rev up the engines, I switched on my iPhone and I had the front facing camera. So um, that means like the one that's facing you, not the outward facing camera. So I could kind of get like a selfie mode while I was recording her uh, because she was in the window seat, I was in the middle seat. uh, And so I'm kind of like watching on the screen and watching her reaction. And meanwhile, she's looking at the little uh, safety card from the seat back pocket. So here she is flipping through this thing and the plane rears up. I turn on the phone start filming. And I'm like, look, Maui, our, our plane's going up. Like, look, we're in the sky now. Look at the buildings. They're getting farther away. And I'm thinking that she's going to have this big, cool reaction of, like, this, you know, awestruck little kid. Uh, but she didn't react at all. Uh, she just kind of sat there. She's like, oh, cool, whatever. And then she kept flipping through the little, uh, you know, safety card. I think she, you know, she thought it was cartoons, basically, because it's little animated people doing stuff on, on paper. So anyways, I'm still filming, trying to get a reaction, hoping for a reaction. I'm, like, kind of nudging her, like, isn't this cool? Isn't this cool? Like, huh, huh? Uh, still no reaction. Right about then, there was a big flash. And, you know, again, I'm kind of, like, watching the ca- the camera in front of me, and there's a flash. And it, it literally, it felt like somebody, like, shot a strobe, like somebody was shooting photos on the plane, and the plane lit up as if there was a flash going off. But there's also kind of, like, a, a bang and a jostle on the plane. And I was like, whoa, that, I was like, that was kind of weird, you know? And honestly, the first one probably didn't even hit me that it was a thing. It, it didn't even register because I'm so focused on my kid and the camera. Uh, and then it happened again, and it was, like, pretty big. And, you know, my daughter kind of made this face of, like, what, what is that? And then she looked out the window, and I looked out the window with her. And we're sitting probably, like, two or three rows back from uh, where the right wing of the airplane is. Uh, and there's, you know, the big engine on this plane or on the wing, and literally giant flames were shooting out of that engine coming, like, way past our window even. Um, and, you know, it was just kind of confusion at that point. And I'll be honest with you, there's definitely a part of me that was kind of just, like, naive to the whole situation, you know. Um, I've, and, and I've told this part of the story, too, in different places. But, you know, I've seen the movie Fast and the Furious. I used to be into import cars. I've seen a bunch of race cars that shoot fire when they rev up the engine and stuff. And so, in my mind, that's not registering that we might be in danger. I'm thinking, like, do planes backfire? Like, is is that a thing? Like, you know, I've seen cars do this where they shoot fire. Is the plane doing what a car does when it backfires? And, uh, and the other part of my naive brain was basically thinking planes are safe. Like, they're safer than cars. Like, nothing bad can happen. Like, you know, there's no way that I could possibly be in a terrible, tragic accident. You know, like, you just don't think anything like that's ever going to happen to you, right? And so... I see the flames and I, I don't freak out. And so when you watch the video clip, which, you know, I'll link to the clip uh, and a few news outlets that posted it. Uh, when you watch this, and I'll link to that in the show notes. Sorry. When you watch this clip, you like, you'll notice that I'm pretty calm. And, and all the responses that I got from a lot of people after they saw the video was like, oh, my God, how'd you stay so calm? But honestly, in the moment, it didn't hit me of like how big of a deal this actually was. So as I see the flames, I go ahead and kind of spin the camera around. Um, again, it's the front-facing camera so that's not perfectly composed or anything. So I'm, I kind of spun the camera around. At this point, I can't really quite see what I'm filming, but I know it's still filming. Uh, and the flames are shooting out. And people on the plane are starting to freak out. Like, you know, people are confused. You kind of hear, like, rustling and jostling in the plane and, you know, people kind of clamoring and chattering and stuff. Uh, and at this point, I'm just like, I, I've never seen that. I've, I've flown, you know, I've been to like 43 countries. I've flown countless times. I used to travel nonstop for my work. And so I'm, I'm just saying out loud on the video, like this doesn't look right. Like I, I've never seen anything like this before, you know? And again, it, it's kind of humorous now in hindsight, because again, I, I just didn't think anything was that wrong. Um, but when you listen to me, I'm just like pretty nonchalant about it on the video clip. So, uh, I, I spin around, like I said, I'm filming it and, uh, the whole ordeal probably only lasted like 90 seconds. And if you watch the video clip start to finish, you can see exactly, you know, how long everything lasted. Um, But once the the flames stopped uh, and those big bangs and flashes stopped, um, our plane leveled out. And so we took off from LAX, uh, which is in Los Angeles. And so when you fly out of LAX, you basically are immediately over the ocean. And so at this point we could see that we were like not going any higher. We could see, you know, kind of the coastline of where – you know, Manhattan beach or whatever hits the, uh, the coastline there. And essentially we knew we weren't getting any higher. And at that point I was like, okay, like we must, we must be turning around. Like, you know, something's going to happen at some point during this whole, whole thing uh, up to this point, we noticed that the flight attendants were getting a little stir crazy, and they were kind of getting up and, and like rushing to the window to look out. And you know, they were telling people to sit down and remain calm. And my wife said that she saw, you know, this lady kind of doing the sign of the cross and putting her head down to pray and stuff. Um, and a lot of people were just freaking out. Um, and there was a guy behind me that was like, you know, oh, I hope we're, I hope we're turning around. I think we're turning around now. I hope we go land. You know, and uh, and at this point. You know, I think part of my mind was probably just like, well, shoot, if we go land now, like how are we going to get to our destination, you know? Um, And we didn't land right away. It was probably about 20 minutes or so before we actually landed. And I'm not sure if they had to clear the runway or, uh, you know, I don't don't know what was happening at that time. Um, But at any rate, we finally circled back and landed after just kind of circling in the air for, you know, like I said, probably about 20 minutes or so. So when we landed, it was a really big, like impactful landing. Uh, There's like, you know, a bunch of turbulence on the landing and, you know, the the plane was just kind of going crazy. When we landed, apparently there was so much fuel uh, left in the plane because, you know, again, this was supposed to be an overseas flight uh, over to Taiwan um, for our layover to Bali there was so much fuel left on the plane that the plane was still really heavy. And when it landed, all the wheels on the plane blew up and blew out. So when we landed, uh, I remember looking out the window, and there was a police car and an LAX operations vehicle kind of like following along the side of us. And the police car was filming our plane with his cell phone. And I think that's kind of the moment when I realized that, like, this was pretty serious and and we might have just avoided something really dangerous, you know. And... Uh, it took a little while for us to start uh, getting off the plane uh, I think because you know we weren't just at a gate we were like somewhere out on the tarmac they had to arrange buses to come pick us up and stuff um, and by the time I got off the plane there were tons of cop cars there were all kinds of people kind of like circling around the wheels of the plane I filmed a little video clip and, and tried to zoom in so you could like see uh, how the wheels had blown out and stuff uh, and there was just a lot of commotion going on so again at this point I wasn't totally sure what happened or anything, and everybody's still kind of in shock, but at this point, it's like, okay, cool, we're safe on the ground. Now, let's back up a little bit. When I was filming on that plane, uh, and once the flames started shooting, and I I started to film the flames, I immediately knew to keep filming, because you never know what kind of crazy thing you're going to capture on film. Once, and, and once that happened, I kind of already had it in my mind that this might be a video clip that somebody would want to buy. Then when we landed, people on the plane were asking for like, you know, who, who got a video of that or who had a photo of that or whatever. And because so many people were asking about it, oh, I think at that point, too, like right when we landed, there was a guy behind me that said something like, oh, my God, we're already on Twitter. And he, like, showed me his phone, and apparently somebody from outside on the ground was, like, filming and and taking pictures of planes, and they had posted a short little video clip as we were taking off, and you could see the flame shooting out of the plane from the video clip. And and the plane was just, like, a tiny dot on the screen. It was from really far away from a cell phone. But basically, it was already on Twitter, and I can't remember if that person on Twitter had, like, tagged a news agency or somebody from a news outlet had already responded to that guy or something – But at that point, light bulbs started going off in my head of like, okay, like you might be sitting on a little bit of money here with this video clip. And then because the guy behind me saw that I was filming, he's like, hey, can you send me that video clip? And I was like, oh crap, like I don't want my my intellectual property, my video clip that I could potentially sell to be circulating around. But at the same time, it's like he went through this ordeal too. So let me give him something. So I scrubbed through and actually did a screenshot of the video clip uh, of just like the, the flame coming out. And I screenshotted it and uh, texted it to him with uh, some text that said, you know, image screenshot from a video shot by Adam Taylor, like all rights reserved, Um, do not repost without permission or or without, um, you know, giving me credit at Adam Taylor photos or something like that. Um, And within minutes, it seemed like everybody on the plane, including the pilot, had a copy of that image. Like everybody on the plane before we even landed was like airdropping it to each other and texting it to each other. And so that's, you know, that kind of like, um, you know, miniature viral thing of like, you know, this clip literally did take off and kind of go viral within that plane immediately. I realized that this is something that everybody like wanted a piece of. And so again, that's kind of like what prompted my licensing mindset to kick in and made me realize that I did, you know, have a, a potential gold mine that I was sitting on. So with this potential gold mine, uh, even before we got off the plane, before we uh, started you know, loading up into the buses, like literally as soon as we landed and I had cell phone service, I posted the full clip to Facebook and I posted a line of text that said basically like, holy crap, I can't believe what we just went through, like our plane caught on fire. Um, Here's the the video of it. And then I put a line that said, please do not repost without permission for licensing opportunities, email me. And I put my email address Um, and then I I can't remember if it was on there or how it happened, but I think I tagged a couple of uh, news outlets. So, you know, I just, like, at like, ABC News, NBC News, something like that. Um, and I can't remember exactly when it was. It might have been, like, while we were on the bus or something. But, like, almost immediately, I started getting emails. And I, I, I want to say the first one was, like, from ABC News or something. And they were just like, hey, we saw this video clip. Like, I'm so glad you're okay. Can we use the video clip in, in a broadcast? Like, do you give us permission to repost it or whatever? And so, you know, I'm on my phone and and we're basically waiting. There's a lot of waiting involved, like to get off the plane, to get on the bus. Once we were on the bus, like waiting to drive to the uh, terminal and everything. So at this point, I just started, you know, responding. And so every email I got, I responded immediately and basically just said, I'm more than happy to license the video clip to you. Uh, However, I can't give away this for free. Um, And I told them that I wanted $1,000 for it. And uh, again, it's been a long time now. You know, it's been... Over uh, a year now that this happened. So memory is a little bit foggy, but essentially it went something like this. After I told them I wanted $1,000, they came back and said, we can give you $300 for the video clip. You know, Do you accept? And at that point, I just said, no, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to stick to my you know, $1,000 if you want it. I'm happy to give it to you. It's um, from you know, an iPhone. It's 4K quality at 60p. I can upload it to Dropbox or I can airdrop it to you if you're on site at the airport or something like that. Uh, and essentially, I was letting them know that it's a high-quality video and that I'm going to help make their life easier by getting it to them as quickly as possible. Uh, and at that point, they said, okay, we'll pay you $1,000 for it. And I was like, sweet, I just made 1000 bucks from this, you know. And uh, once we got off the plane, we had to go back inside the terminal. And there was a lot of confusion there, too, because everybody was like, where do we go? And it's kind of just like following the herd. And this is a flight that had about 350 people on it. And essentially what we had to do was just go back out to the check-in, like where you check your bags and get your ticket before you or when you arrive at the airport for departures. And 350 people had to stand in line and we all had to get rebooked to a new on a new flight. So some people were just going to Taiwan, other people were going off to different places in Asia, Asia. And of course, we were going on to Bali. Well, we were towards the back of this line, and it took, no joke, literally more than six hours for us to get to the front of the line. And so once we got up to the line, we were at that counter for at least 30 to 40 minutes, maybe even closer to an hour, to get our flights rebooked. Because, again, every person's trying to get to a new destination. There's all these agents trying to book everybody else from that flight. And as soon as they give you an option and say, like, okay, yeah, I'll take that flight, sorry, it already got taken from by the, the guy over there, you know. And so... We were in this line for what seemed like an eternity. And remember, we have a a two-and-a-half-year-old kid with us at the same time. So imagine, like, just literally standing in line of this huge crowd of people, everybody that just went through something traumatic, and you have a toddler on your hands. So it was a, a hell of an ordeal out there. However, during that time that I'm in line, I'm constantly getting emails. And every time I get an email, it's from a news outlet wanting to use the video. And so, again, I'm kind of wheeling and dealing over here. And to be honest with you, for me, it made the time go by a lot quicker because, you know, my wife was kind of dealing with our kid and sort of being bored and just sitting there doing nothing. And here I am, like, trying to hustle and make some money. Uh, so for me, it was it was kind of enjoyable in the sense that it's like, well, it's better than sitting here doing nothing. It's kind of fun, you know? Uh, and so, uh, let's see. At, at that point, there were multiple news outlets already on site. You know, there was their trucks outside. And the camera crews inside. And once uh, these camera crews realized that I was there and still in line, uh, they would come get me out of line. So my wife and daughter would stay in line, and I got pulled out of line to go do an interview and uh, then airdrop the video clip to whoever it was from that news station. Uh, and so, another kind of important part as far as the licensing goes of this video clip was that all these news stations not only wanted it for them, but they wanted it for all their affiliates around the world. And so I knew that um, there you know, these companies are way more used to licensing their video clips than I am. And I knew that they all would have standard agreements in place that allowed them to syndicate this video clip and send it out to all their affiliates. So, you know, not just ABC LA News, but it was ABC all over the US or all over the world or wherever that station might be. Uh, And so that was part of the reason too why I wanted to make sure I got $1,000 from each of these companies. So by the time I had left the airport, uh, I had an agreement in place with ABC, CNN, NBC, and um, shoot, one other one. Fox was the only company that didn't pay the $1,000. They didn't budge from either wanting it for free or just a couple hundred bucks. And later I found out that Fox News ended up just getting a clip from, from free from somebody on the plane. And it wasn't as good a clip because it didn't have, like, the cute little girl making a face, and it didn't quite tell the story as good, but it still showed the the plane, uh, the plane flames coming out of the engine. So they basically, you know, got some other guy that doesn't know how to license stuff and doesn't know that his clip is valuable. They got him to give it over for free, and that's why they didn't buy it from me. Uh, So there was four of those major news stations that each paid me a thousand dollars or agreed to pay me a thousand dollars. And then there was another local station that wasn't going to syndicate the clip and they were on site and did an interview with me and I showed them the clip and the lady's like, oh, can you airdrop this to me? And I'm just like, no, I'm sorry. Uh, You know, I I need to get paid for it. And they're like, oh, well, we don't pay for video clips. And I'm like, okay, well, no problem. If you change your mind, like, you know where to find me, here's my email address, here's my phone number. And she's like, well, how much do you want for it? And I was like, oh, well, if it's just local, $300. And she's like, oh, no, no. Like, we would never pay more than, like, $100 or $150. And I was like, okay, no problem. See you later. And then, like, 15, 20 minutes later, I I can't remember if it was a text message, email, phone call, whatever. But here I am in line, like, hey, can we get this video clip? Like, our our lady already has it. They airdropped it to. And we're willing to pay the $300. I was like, cool, great. You can use it, $300, you know. Um, And so – By the time, like I said, it was probably seven hours before we got out of the airport. By the time we left the airport, I had secured the $4,300 for the video clip and been probably on like four different uh, news channels being interviewed. So at that point, you know, uh, it was late at night and the airline was going to put us up in a hotel near the airport. uh, And then we were actually going to fly out the next afternoon or the next evening. So like, you know, almost 24 hours from then we were going to be flying out. Side note is because of all the chaos going on, we actually had to get booked on a different airline out of a different airport that's like 50 miles away. And so that was a whole ordeal in itself. So we get the little shuttle over to the hotel. And when we get there, there's hundreds of people waiting to get a hotel room because again, all these people from the airplane. And it took us another, I think, two and a half hours to get into our hotel room because the hotel basically was told by the airline, hey, we're gonna have 50 people coming over that need rooms. Well, it ended up being like 150 people and they didn't have that many rooms and so they were literally going room by room to see if people had checked out to clean them and then to get us in there. So again, it was like lots of waiting Um, and during that time, I'm sure there was a couple more emails and stuff but by this point, we were exhausted. We had eaten all the food that we brought. We were hungry, we were tired, we were cranky. We were just ready to get it over with. So the next morning... Woke up, and again, I had several emails. I had emails from Japan and from, I want to say, like Sweden or Switzerland and Finland, and all these companies wanted to uh, license my footage. But I also had paperwork in my inbox from all the companies that I already agreed to license the, the clip to. So they had, you know, a, a, W-2, or a um not a W2, but like a, a vendor form to like get up, get set up as a vendor so I can get paid from these news outlets. Then they had their licensing agreements that they sent over. And so I had all these papers that I had to fill out in the hotel room that morning on my laptop before we got ready to go to the airport, collect our baggage, and then get a cab 50 miles across town during rush hour to get on, on our new flight. So it took, I don't know, probably like an hour and a half to deal with all the emails. Uh, There was a couple of phone call interviews I did that morning and then all the paperwork. So at that point, I'm like, oh, my God, this is exhausting. Like, I just want to hang out and spend time with my family. Like, this is supposed to be the start of our vacation. So I had one more email in my inbox, and this was a company called Storyful. And they said, hey, we would like to be the exclusive licensor of this video clip, um, and we'll give you a $500, like, upfront payment Uh, in order to be the licensor of this video clip. And at this point, I'm like, okay, I already licensed it to like four out of the five major news stations, plus one local station. And they're going to give me an extra 500. And if I pass it on to them, then I'm guaranteed to make extra money because they're obviously going to push it out there. And at that point, I don't have to do any more paperwork. So I went back and forth with them a few times just to make sure I was, I was clear on the agreement. And then I finally said, you know what, screw it, let's do it. And so you know, this is a lot of this is on my phone at this point, because at this point now we're going to the airport. We had to wait n- another couple hours to get our bags from the airport. And then again, on the cab across town, it was like a three hour cab ride through rush hour traffic. Um, and so I'm, I'm dealing this, with this stuff on my phone at this point. And again, I don't want to be doing that because I want to spend time with my family. But thankfully, by the time we got to the other airport and we're ready to check into the other flight, all that had been taken care of. And at that point, any emails that came in, I just copied and pasted and said, you know, uh, in order to license this video clip, you have to contact Storyful. Here's their information. And I passed it off to them. So, you know, at that point, I'm like, okay, cool. I made $4,800 and uh, things are good to go. I can go on about my business and I don't have to worry about this stuff anymore. Um, To kind of round out the story, um, once we got to that other airport, we were actually told by the other airline, oh, sorry, we don't have a flight for you, which sent us into another bit of a panic mode. Again, we've got all this baggage. We've got our two and a half year old daughter there. We're super exhausted and over it by now. Uh, But thankfully within like an hour, they were able to like make sure that we were confirmed on that flight and got on the flight and got over to Bali and had an incredible, um, five week, uh, recharge over in one of our favorite places on earth. Um, and by the time we got there, like I said, I didn't have to do anything else with that video clip and I had already gotten money. Now, Once I gave it over to Storyful, I did see it pop up on different websites um, like Yahoo and um, MSNBC and and a couple other places. Uh, But at that point, apparently Storyful doesn't tell me who they send it to and or how much they get paid. So at that point, it was just a waiting game. And to be honest with you, it took many months before I ever actually saw a paycheck from them. Uh, And it was pretty annoying that I never knew like when I was going to get paid. But eventually I did get paid. Uh, I can't remember how much, but they sent money through PayPal at a certain point. And then actually, literally, just like two days before I recorded this podcast, I randomly got another PayPal payment of like $397 from Storyful of other places that have apparently licensed this video clip from them. So that is the story of the plane catching on fire. Now let's talk about some of the takeaways from this. Um, What can we learn? Well, we learned that your content has value. And when you know that... You have valuable content. You need to be compensated for it. And how do you know you have valuable content? Well, again, like all those people that wanted the video clip, the fact that it was, you know, immediately um, picked up by all these news outlets—that's valuable. Also, the power of storytelling. Like I said, there's other people that had video clips of the same situation, but mine had a cute two and a half year old girl, you know, casually looking at this, you know, little in-flight booklet. And then her face lights up and she gets this confused look of like, why is this flash of light? What's that bang? What's that noise? And she looks out the window and sees the flame. So that storytelling ability, I think, was really valuable in that video clip. Um, and then we get to the actual delivery and the process of getting paid for this thing. So um, I was able to upload the video to Dropbox on my phone. And again, I knew that it was a 4K 60p video, which is a high quality video clip that you know news outlets would prefer that versus like, you know, an old crappy cell phone clip of some sort. Uh, And so the fact that I was able to deliver this high quality file in a way that made their jobs easier to grab it and redistribute it, I think also went in my favor in in this instance. Also, when doing the negotiations, I didn't go back and forth a bunch. I basically just said, this is my price, take it or leave it. And eventually they took it. Now, after that, I also had to have confidence in the people that I was dealing with because Again, I didn't sign all those contracts until the day after, and all the news outlets had already run the video clip. Like, they they had what they needed at that point, and there might be people out there that would think, like, oh, well, I need to make sure I read the contract and sign everything before I give them the video clip. I knew that these companies do this all the time. I knew that they had their standard agreements in place. I knew that pretty much whatever that agreement said, I was going to be fine signing it um, because, again, this is... Excuse me. This is basically just free money for me. It's a situation I happened upon and I just so happened to have a video clip of it that they wanted. So it's just free money for me. And I definitely didn't devalue it, but I knew at the same time that I wasn't going to stress over trying to squeeze every penny out of these companies or scrutinize some kind of crazy contract before I actually sign it. I just assumed that they knew what they were doing and I was going to sign their contract whenever they were ready to give it to me. Um, So... I hope you took a lot of uh, valuable information out of that. At the very least, I hope it entertained you. And I want to thank you for listening to the story today. So if you want help developing your licensing mindset, which is the same mindset that allowed me to sell my video clip to all these companies, then please consider checking out the course that I have at LicenseYourPhotos.com. And as my way to show appreciation for you taking your time to listen to this episode, you can use the promo code Thank You to get 25% off the course. Just type in the promo code thank you, all one word, uh, during checkout at licensurephotos.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with one or two of your photographer friends. That would really mean a lot to me. Thanks for listening. Stay safe out there and good luck making some sales this week.